Thanks for listening to the Lovejoy United podcast from Lovejoy United Presbyterian Church in Wood River, Illinois. We are a welcoming community of faithful disciples committed to filling Christ's example, joyfully serving through compassion, mission, justice, and all-inclusive grace. To learn more, go to our website, lovejoyupc.org. Our second reading comes from the Gospel according to Matthew. Again, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then Jesus says, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? By what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, threat, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with the unwashed does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting at us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came, knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. Jesus answered, It is not good to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And she replied, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The word of the Lord. Thanks be all for the sake of saving one that she loves so dearly. With the tough words that she's exchanging with Jesus, it's easy to overlook the whole reason for the woman's urgency. She's not only an outsider here, she's a mother, and her daughter has been possessed by a demon. So she's really coming to Jesus as a mother on a mission. My fifth grade math teacher, Miss Sipes, 
told us the story once that took place the summer before our school year. Her son was riding his four-wheeler on their farm, and she happened to look out the window in the kitchen and see that the four-wheeler was overturned in a big ditch in the pasture, a ditch that they had often warned him about. Miss Sipes ran outside into the pasture and yelled for her husband and other sons to come and help, and she found her son pinned under this four-wheeler, several hundred pounds of hot metal crying out in pain. But Miss Sipes didn't wait for anybody else to arrive. Despite her small stature, she summoned from within herself a heroic strength that only mothers can conjure up, and she lifted that four-wheeler several times her body weight off her son, saving him before he became seriously injured. As a little fifth grader, I was always amazed by that story. I think about the fierce mothering strength of Miss Sipes, And imagine that same strength and faith being conjured up by the Canaanite mother. The weight on her daughter was demonic, a power outside of the scope of human understanding. Even more, they faced the reality that the only person who could help her daughter, this Jewish healer, Jesus, belonged to a group that would not be caught dead in the presence of a Gentile woman like her much less talk to her and care about her problem. The weight was insurmountable, impossible. It would have been hopeless had it happened to anybody else but her. Anybody else but her. This woman had something special within her. She had faith in this Jewish healer man Jesus. More faith perhaps than Jesus even realized was possible. And when she told Jesus her daughter needed help and he ignored her, she kept speaking. And when Jesus spoke to his disciples about her as if she wasn't even there, she still kept speaking. And finally, when Jesus addresses her directly, saying it is not fair to take the children's food, what is meant for the Jews, and throw it to the dogs, people like you, she kept speaking. And she responded with that famous retort that is somehow both brazen and humble at the same time, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus realizes the depth of this woman's faith in the face of absolutely impossible odds. He can heal the daughter now, he realizes, or he can heal her later, but he is going to heal this woman's daughter. Her faith is so great. Jill Duffield who is the editor of the Presbyterian Outlook, wrote a wonderful reflection on this story this week. She reminds us of that period, maybe back in the 90s and earlier, where Christians wore those little bracelets that said, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Did you ever wear one of those? I remember being so proud of mine at school. But she says that we also need to wear another bracelet. And this one, she says, 
says WWTCWD, which is what would the Canaanite woman do? What would the Canaanite woman do? I don't know if that would fit on a bracelet. But she says we need to ask ourselves that question, especially when our faith calls us to challenges that are seemingly impossible. When we don't have standing to make a difference, when no matter how loudly we speak, no one seems to be listening. Those are the kind of places that seem almost impossible when we need to speak up on behalf of the voiceless, that we need to ask that question, what would she do? What would she do? Several years ago, I made a trip out to Utah and I had the opportunity to learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is the Mormon church, as many of us know it. Utah is a really interesting place to visit because if you're not a member of the LDS church, you are a complete minority there. The LDS church holds a great amount of power and influence in the culture there and in the family life of people in Utah. And for many, it's a really wonderful expression of faith. It's a really wonderful life if you fit into the religious culture there. But if you don't quite fit into that culture, it can be a tremendously isolating and traumatic experience. I learned that suicide rates, particularly among gay and lesbian and transgender kids, have been staggeringly high the last 20 years. And those deaths have often been linked to an anti-gay and homophobic culture that the church fosters. And as you know, many churches and denominations think that same way. Even Presbyterians once thought that way as well. But it's really created a culture of shame in that part of Utah and a culture of rejection. On my trip there, I learned about a faithful Mormon mother named Meg Abhow, who upon learning that her 13-year-old son, John, was gay, realized that she was going to have to do the impossible she was going to have to look down deep within herself and muster the faith to stand up for her son in her church and in her family and in her community, which was all set to reject him. This mother wrote on her blog shortly after, you know, I have always been a mother bear. But once I found out about John, mother bear didn't seem to be fierce enough of a title. There is a whole new level of protection that has come over me, she writes. I now call myself a mama dragon, a mama dragon. I could literally breathe fire if someone hurt my son. Dragons have talons and scales and claws and fangs, and they can fly. And I will use all of these resources if someone were to hurt John. So we are circling our wagons around him, but I know I can't protect him from everything. And as a mama dragon, that is the hardest part of all of this. I don't know what the future holds, she writes. I just know that there will be love. Upon reading about this mama dragon, Mormon moms all over Utah, around the country and the world who had gay kids or new gay kids began to form a group called Mama Dragons. 
a group of women who were bound and determined to change the toxic culture for the sake of their children. Talk about doing something that seems impossible. Some of those women just decided that they had to leave the church over it. But many, maybe even most, remained, and they began relentlessly to pursue change in this big and powerful institution where neither LGBTQ folks nor women held any power at all. And despite everything up against them, the many times they were silenced and ostracized, the many times they were rejected, the many times that people pushed aside their voice, they have really begun to change things for their kids and not just their kids, but for other kids in other families, in other states who were not welcome. Even the LDS church has moved toward a more compassionate and faithful direction because of their persistent belief that the culture the church creates should not leave people rejected or isolated. That's exactly what the Canaanite woman would have done for her child. That's the mama dragon faith right there. Our faith in Jesus leads us to believe that impossible things are possible when we pursue them out of love for others. Thinking back to our church fountain, thinking about the bread that falls from the master's table onto the floor, thinking about the dew on Mount Hermon that rushes down the sides of the mountain and gives plenteous water and refreshment in the wilderness and the desert. That is what we're called to share and to work on behalf of those near the bottom who need a taste of that water, who need a taste of that love, who need God's grace. Impossible things are possible. And when we face rejection or dismissal or frustration or silencing, those are not signs that we're failing, but they're signs that we are moving exactly in the right direction. So I encourage us to think to ourselves, what would the Canaanite woman do? What would a mama dragon do? What will we do? Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember, love God, love neighbor, love joy.